Hello, Canada, and welcome to another episode of Canadian Common Sense. This is Canadian Common Sense with Lewis and Tony. Good afternoon, Canada. Welcome to another full edition of Canadian Common Sense. Today's date is November 26, 2020. If for our listeners in the United States, Thanksgiving Day. So happy Thanksgiving to all of our friends in America. And welcome to Canadian Common Sense from Tony in Saskatchewan. And Lewis out here in BC. So how's it going, my friend? Oh, dude, we need two episodes to cover everything this week we really do it's uh it's amazing i mean i keep saying that how i assumed it would be hard to find content but now it's hard to find what content to leave out so yeah exactly and so i think i think what we should do today is just cover off uh those the non-covid subjects first sure and and then we'll get to covid because the covid related subjects are there's just too many of them so let's uh, let's just start with Justin Trudeau's new tough stance on China. All right. So that'll be our first topic for the day, Trudeau and China. We have a lot of talk about COVID. And unfortunately, Canadian common sense was right again when, boy, did we not want to be. So on to Justin Trudeau. So it was this past week that the Conservative Party opposition in Ottawa introduced a motion which got the support of the Bloc and NDP, so it passed. And this motion is forcing the Trudeau government finally to make a decision within 30 days on whether or not to accept Huawei in for helping with Canada's 5G network. Yeah, and good on the Conservatives for pushing this and actually forcing the issue. And I do want to say... you know, good on the NDP and the Bloc for supporting it because I did not expect that from the NDP. I didn't either. The one thing about the motion I don't like is that it's non-binding, but I really think that if the government waffles on this one, it's going to cost them dearly. And I, th- I well, I don't can't say I think they know that. I hope they understand that. Well, see, and here's where I I don't think you're correct um, because. The Trudeau government has yet to pay dearly for anything they've done. Yeah, sadly, that's true. So I I don't know. I think they'll probably roll the dice and go, yeah, we're not making a decision. And uh, nobody's going to hold them to account because the NDP can't, they're broke. They can't afford to, to, uh, to even run a campaign right now. And uh, the, uh, and the, the Bloc Québécois and the and the uh, Conservatives together don't have enough seats to bring the government down. They don't, but as an interesting twist here, five Liberal MPs actually sided with the opposition on this motion to tell the government to, you know, fish or cut bait. So there's that. Yeah, that's that's interesting, but that's all it is because they're not going to... Uh, vote to bring their own government down well that's that's true i mean and i don't know who these mps are perhaps they are rural mps that uh, you know realize that they better actually represent their constituents or if they're just 
disgruntled liberals who are trying to make a statement. Who knows, right? So, uh, yeah, you're probably right in that the government won't feel any negative effects if they just thumb their nose at this motion. But the optimist in me says, come on, please finally actually do something, Mr. Trudeau. Well, I'm hoping that, you know, we're going to get to these topics later that I'm just hoping that the stuff that's going down right now across the country is going to finally start opening people's eyes to what is going on in Ottawa. Yeah, well, one of the topics we're going to cover a little later on, yeah, it certainly is going to bring that one to light. So we've got the, the motion on Huawei. And as a side note, we'd mentioned this on a previous show months ago that the telecoms have kind of already made that decision in that Bell and TELUS and Rogers all had signed deals with Ericsson and Nokia. And TELUS still uses some Huawei equipment, but they actually just uh, earlier this week made it official that they are not going to be purchasing any, any more Huawei equipment for their own 5G network and are actually going to start replacing some of their Huawei 4G equipment once uh, the time comes for upgrades. Good, good, good on these companies. Absolutely. I mean, you know, they're listening to the public and they're doing what the public wants, whereas Trudeau doesn't do that. No, he doesn't. And the funny thing is there was a lady, I think she's the UK ambassador to Canada. She was on Power and Politics with uh, Vashi Capellos not long ago. And she was being as diplomatic as she could. But I mean, even she was trying to make the point that, okay, Canada, you're the only Five Eyes country that has not made this decision on Huawei. And the rest of us have all said no. So, dot, 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 dot. Yeah. I mean, they, they've already, you know, the, the, the Five Eyes members have already told Canada they're not going to share uh, intelligence with them as long as they're allowing Huawei 5g equipment in our country yeah and i I think that no i don't blame them either i mean i i don't know why this is such a hard decision well i mean okay i know this is a hard decision for trudeau because it means he has to poke the eye of the the people he admires most the the communist uh dictatorship of china uh he's i mean he admires them and he he wants to cozy up to them, and and he has not, he has done nothing so far to make me think otherwise. He's not, except that, and he's his he's made I don't know a couple of statements that we've actually agreed with over the past couple of years when it comes to China, as far as they're not you know not doing a prisoner swap, for example, and. He did it to me again last week when he suggested, no, he didn't say Canada specifically, but he said that it's time for countries to start standing up to China. And and this was talking more about the, the two Michaels and Meng Wanzhou. And I thought, bravo, sir. Absolutely, it's time for countries to stand up to China. So why will you not stand with Australia in their current dispute with China? Crickets. Yeah, I mean, it's the thing is, is that Justin Trudeau says a lot of things. It's just whether or not he follows through on what he says. Right. And and I've yet to see him follow through on on this. Yeah. I mean, and, and I and I have my doubts that he ever will. Yeah, I mean, it's you're, yeah, you mean you're right that it's it's easy to to talk tough, but then never back it up. And of course, he's already hinted that you know once Joe Biden 
is sworn in as president of the U.S. that he'll be happy to, to stand with Joe against China. Well, good luck with that. Now, I want to switch gears a little bit on this, still on the, the China and the uh, – I think it has more to do with the Uyghurs in this case, but the Conservative Party, again, actually has suggested that perhaps Canada should boycott the Summer Olympics in, or the Winter Olympics in Beijing next year. Oh, actually, I haven't heard that. Oh, yeah, that was so that, that that's interesting. I mean, it, it, the problem is, is that 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 punishes the athletes who've been working their whole lives to get there. Yeah, it really does. And that's uh, I get the political statement that it would make. And I'm not even necessarily against the idea in principle. But yeah, I mean, you've got athletes who have, like you say, they've trained all their lives for this one event. And then, oh, whoops, yoink. Yeah, and and honestly, I have a feeling that they're going to be canceled anyway, or or even postponed another year. I mean, it's I, I just don't see that COVID's going to be, you know, gone in time. Yeah, possibly not. And uh, let me see if it's well, I guess it'd be the twenty twenty two Winter Olympics, right? Because they're on they're on even years, so maybe they'll be able to go off by then. But I oh yeah, sorry, yeah. I was thinking of the uh, Summer Olympics that were postponed this yeah, year. Yeah, so it was. Uh, I had to kind of get my own head a shake there. So yeah, so they and they've been postponed till next year, which I think they'll probably get postponed again. Yeah, and if that happens, then you're right. The Winter Olympics would very likely get moved. So uh, so not to you know have the two events in the same year. So. Well, I don't. I mean, they used to. They be, used to. Right. I mean, they used to be the same year every every time, um, and it wasn't until the i believe the early 90s when they switched it to uh every uh like to alternating that's right yeah and uh um but before that they were always in the same year so i mean i don't don't see i don't think that they'll actually do that because i mean the financial hardship to a country to postpone them a year is is enormous um so i mean it's i just i just don't see the uh summer olympics being run next year uh at all um with the way things are at the moment yeah that's true it will be interesting to see i mean i guess summer's a long ways off but i said that in march and you know we're still uh deep into it so yeah all right so we've got trudeau in china let's move on and talk about a canadian issue and this time it is in the city of vancouver i was actually I was sad to read this news and you and I had said on this show and listeners, if you were anybody's interested in archiving, go back to later March. I think we were already saying that, and you said the cure cure is worse than the disease. And that's what's happened in Vancouver. Now that overdose deaths have exceeded COVID deaths. Yeah, this is actually something that, um, we yeah we you're right we were we were talking about this back in march even so right after the the lockdown started you and i were already talking about this and this is happening all across the country not just vancouver it's just vancouver's numbers are the ones we have uh as for the overdose deaths that's for the whole province of bc so for the province of bc for the month of October 2020, there were 162 overdose deaths. Yikes. Every, five every day. Wow. And 
October 2019, there were 75. Crazy. So for one month, the there there's like 80. Oh, geez. I should have done the math before I came on here. Um, there's like 85 additional overdose deaths from last year before COVID. So, and if you take every month of 2020 since COVID, the COVID lockdowns started, the oh, just the increase in the overdose deaths have easily surpassed how many people have died from COVID. Yeah, it's really sad. And uh, I know I've heard anecdotally there was a paramedic in in one of the Vancouver area cities anyway, saying that he actually revived the same patient three times in one shift. And one of one a new rush for some of these junkies is to overdose and then come back and get brought back with Narcan. And I thought, yeah. like, how how messed up does one have to be to have that be their new high? Yeah. I mean, this is, this is an epidemic. Oh, yeah. And the problem is, is that we've got, it isn't just the overdose deaths. I mean, we've talked about the numbers on here before. Just deaths overall, right? Like, the deaths that are being caused by the lockdowns are are enormous. I mean, just the drug overdose deaths, just the increase in the drug overdose deaths year over year is more than the COVID deaths. So when then when you add all the other deaths that have increased, such as, well, this is Vancouver alone. Okay, these are the numbers for just Vancouver. Murders, 56% increase. Firearm seizures, 23% increase. Serious assaults, 14% increase. I don't know what this one is. Offensive weapons, 9% increase. Domestic violence. This one I'm I'm surprised at because I've heard anecdotal evidence uh, from uh, social workers who say that it's way higher than this. But domestic violence, maybe reported domestic violence increases of 5%. Hate crime, 116% increase. Anti-Asian hate crime. 878% increase. Wow. And then we've got straight up suicides. The increase is 75%. We've got uh, heart attack deaths are up 70%. We've got all types of cancer deaths are up 65%. And now the drug overdose rate is up 117%. That and we haven't even and the and the the bankruptcies are only just starting. 
like September had a 30% increase in bankruptcy claims. Yeah, and that's just going to get worse. And that's going to get far worse, especially when the small businesses start start declaring bankruptcy. I mean, we've got, in BC alone, we've got two Hudson's Bay stores that are uh, being evicted by the malls that they anchor because they haven't paid their rent since April. Wow. The Hudson's Bay, I mean, it's the oldest company in Canada. Yeah, in fact, in all of North America, for that matter. That's that's a sad, sad statement right there. And I didn't realize the numbers were that staggering. And I'm with you on the domestic uh, abuse. It's got to be reported domestic incidents because I, uh, I say anecdotally, I mean, I'm a, I have a, an RCMP friend who was telling me back in April that domestics were going, quote, through the roof since the lockdown started. And yep. to me, that means more than 5%. Yeah. And the other, I, I was told by the same social worker that uh, people are calling their office and saying, come and get my kids because if you don't, I'm going to kill them. Oh my God. Wow. I mean, when, when do, when do these lives matter? Yeah. Because like I've said before on this show, the only deaths that seem to matter are COVID deaths. Nobody cares about the other deaths. Nobody gives a crap about the deaths that are being caused by our actions to fight COVID. Yeah, no, and you said it well when you were talking about like cancer deaths and whatnot, because we had a doctor on the radio the other day saying that, well, if we you know, have too many COVID cases, we'll be pulling resources from everywhere else in the system to, to, to treat COVID patients and electives will be canceled. And you and I had brought this up on the show before, like, okay, so all these misdiagnostics, no wonder cancer deaths are going up and you're going to see a lot more of those. That's probably why heart attack deaths are up as well, because you're making people afraid to go to the doctor and afraid to go to the hospital. And we had here, and I had ranted about this actually last week or the week before, when uh, a lady committed suicide jumping off a bridge here in Saskatoon. Turns out she was a cancer patient. So, I mean, it's it's real, and it, it's in all of your backyards, Canada. And yeah, the government. You want to talk about in, yeah, in all our backyards? How about this one? The paramedics. In Montreal and Laval, we're given directives back in April to not give CPR. And that directive was only uh, reversed in September. Oh, my God. Mid-September 21st, I believe it was, when it was reversed. That's like... Five months where paramedics in Montreal were not allowed to give CPR. That's crazy. Yeah. And you, I mean, I hate quoting you so much, but you said it right. The cure is worse than the disease. I mean, this is just facts and data, Canada. This is just the, the raw numbers. And yeah, I will interpret them poorly because it hurts me to hear those numbers. I mean, that's. I guess because it doesn't have to be this way. 
No, it doesn't. But anyway, I mean, it's we. I don't know what the answer is. I, I I would like to think that it would be everybody. Let's open up your businesses. Let's you know be vigilant about our masking and so uh, distancing and sanitizing. But let's get our businesses open because people need to go back to work. They need to make their rent payments. They need to put food on the table. They need to keep their homes. And this is, and and people, we're going to be losing so many lives. Oh yeah. If this doesn't get, if this doesn't, if we don't open up soon and, and, you know, and don't, and don't even try to tell me or even say that I'm like a, uh, that I don't believe that COVID's as bad as, you know, that it's not serious. It is. My sister had it and was in really bad shape. But I also know that less than 1% of the people who get it die. Well, and that's the key right and there. Less, and less than 1% of Canadians have even tested positive. So it's like a tenth or a hundredth of of the of the popular or no what is it a, a tenth of a percentage of the entire canadian population has died from this that's it i and sorry i shouldn't have said that's it. it it's it's tragic but i mean those people those people those people have people who love them and and i so i apologize i shouldn't have said that's it but in the grand scheme of things that number is really, really low, and we are destroying the entire country over it. Yeah, exactly. So, um, okay, we're about halfway through our show, so we should have just about enough time to cover off COVID. Now, we've already obviously referred to it in some of these, uh, some of the, the talk about these stats here, but we're in the week of of new measures and new lockdowns and. I think when we did our show last week that Manitoba had already gone into lockdown, but it's just seeing now how, how they're going about it is really puzzling to me. I mean, they've, they've locked everything down, but schools were still open. And then I think they cut restaurant capacity to 25%. And I don't, I think I, I want to understand why they did this, but they've told grocery stores, obviously are staying open at 25% capacity, but places like Costco and Walmart and Superstore that sell more than just groceries have actually had to close off and cover up the aisles that are non-essential items so that they can only sell essentials. And that's, like I say, I want to understand why that is. I just don't think I completely get it. I understand what they're trying to do. They're just doing it wrong. They're trying to make it a level playing field for the small businesses that have all had to close because they're not allowed to sell those items. And so they're saying, okay, Costco, you can stay open, but you're not allowed to sell the items that nobody else is allowed to sell. But this is the wrong way to go about it. I mean, this is, I can't even I can't even vocalize how I feel about this because we're a, a supposed to be a G-rated show here, <laughs> but 
but this is this is absolute crap. I mean, you if if Canadians can't see that our rights are being infringed upon here, I I, I don't know what else to d- tell you. Yeah, and you know there was a. A pastor, um, if, I'm going to assume a Mennonite pastor because it was in Steinbach, Manitoba, who, for the heinous crime of holding a church service, actually got fined $2,800, I believe, or might even be yeah. more than that. And it's ridiculous. And and we'll, we'll, we'll move actually one province east of Manitoba, then we'll kind of move our way west afterward because I want to talk about the situation in Ontario now. Toronto and Peel region went into full lockdown on Monday. So that was restaurants were going to be closed for indoor dining and basically going back to, to March really. And there's been some resistance and I found a new hero. Yeah. And his name is Adam. Skelly. Adam Skelly, that's it. He runs yeah. Adamson Barbecue, which uh, he's got three restaurants, one in Etobicoke, which is right in the city of Toronto, one in Aurora, Ontario, and I can't remember where the third one is. But at any rate, Mr. Skelly decided that, you know what, it's time someone made a stand, and Adamson Barbecue in Etobicoke was open for business. Yeah, and... Um... It's it's gotten national headlines and national attention, and for good reason. This guy is finally saying enough is enough. I'm going to go bankrupt if I'm not allowed to operate my business. And uh, so he opened up, and he opened up, I believe, three or four days in a row now. And uh, I, today... He, uh, the locks, the, like the police had the locks changed on his restaurant and he was arrested and taken away in handcuffs. Yeah. What's sad is that he's had some support. Like, uh, I saw a tweet from Joe Warmington, who was a writer for the Toronto sun. And he had said the worst part about this was that the police are coming down on Mr. Skelly when 700 yards away from his restaurant in Etobicoke, there's a Costco that has a bigger lineup of people lined up to get food. And yeah. that to me was, was very telling that that actually just ticked me right off when I read that. And that's being the guy is 700 yards from a Costco and he's just trying to make a living for crying out loud. Yeah. I mean, I, I would, I would say that he, if he, he, sh- <laughs> When you watch the videos of his restaurant and of the police interactions and everything, uh, one thing that did kind of rub me the wrong way was that neither he or any of his customers were wearing masks or attempting to social distance, really. And I think that if he really wanted to get even more support and get the whole country behind him. Uh, he, I think, I think he should have made an effort to get his customers to follow those rules, but remain open. And, uh, but regardless, I mean, I, my heart breaks for that guy. He's just trying to keep his lights on. 
and 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 keep his probably keep his home because like any other small business his operating line of credit is probably secured by his house yeah likely yep and it's really sad that I mean, he's I can't even say he's going to an extreme he's just trying to go to work for crying out loud and yeah so I mean he was busier than hell on Monday he had uh, I think it was Monday or Tuesday he ran out of meat and so then he actually had to close and said he you know would be back the next day with five times as much so that he would be able to continue to serve his customers and you know I hadn't thought about the mask thing but you're right I mean he uh, he didn't encourage anybody to wear masks or distance and that I don't think it would have helped his case anyway he still would have got shut down by Big Brother I mean Toronto Mayor John Tory said and I quote I hope they throw the book at him I mean yeah way to support the citizens who pay your salary yeah Doug Ford was no better oh no no Doug Ford was like uh you know that this that that Adam Skelly was uh endangering the lives of of people and he uh i i can't remember the exact quote but he did say that adam skelly was endangering the lives of his customers for crying out loud he's just trying to feed his goddamn family and actually put a couple nickels in his pocket yeah i mean this is this is scary scary stuff and not too far away from there in niagara the niagara uh council has voted to publish the names of every person who is ticketed for not wearing a mask oh my god yeah jeez okay now that let that sink in that is okay now lewis you had done a rant last week talking about 1984 and if you haven't heard that yet canada i suggest you you download it and take a listen because here it is again. Now, now we're in 1984 again on in Eastern Canada. Yeah, and, and all that, you know, what they're doing by doing that is inviting violence towards those people. Like, they're going to be responsible for people getting beat up, for their houses and homes getting, uh, you know, vandalized and all that kind of stuff. I guarantee you. People that get their names published online for being ticketed for not conforming to um, mask or distancing or whatever, there, there, there's going to be victims there. Well, yeah, and, they're going to get dodged. Yeah, this is scary, scary stuff. Like, I, I, I'm beginning to run out of words to describe how I feel about this stuff. Well, it really bugs me that I didn't know about the the situation in Niagara. And that just, it pisses me off, pardon my language, but it just, uh, I don't even have any words. It's, I mean, that that is big brother. I mean, that's the very definition. And you're, you're right. They're going to be inciting violence and nothing but hardship for these people. I don't, I don't even understand how how they could do that as, as human beings, let alone as elected officials supposedly serving the people. Yeah. 
And and here's the thing, like masking, mandatory masking, which is now required across the province of BC. I believe it's required across the province of Alberta and Ontario and Quebec, uh, Manitoba. Is it is it required in Saskatchewan? Any public spaces, you bet. Okay, so mandatory masking is pretty much mandatory across the country now. And uh, this is... I. I'm actually not, I'm not opposed to masking. I'm opposed to mandatory masking, but I'm not so crazy about it that I, that I'm, I'm going to be attending these anti-mask rallies. I think those, those people are are crazy. Um, And, and, uh, but it's, the thing is, is that here's the thing, masking works and it's good if it's done right i have family members and friends who are who are nurses and lab techs uh and and even my own family doctor has talked to me about this the thing with masking and ppe personal protective equipment is that it's there there is a right way and a wrong way to wear it there is a right way and a wrong way to put it on and there's a right way and a wrong way to take it off. And there's procedures that must be followed. Like uh, my own mother and my sister are lab techs. And they, they have to have a PPE refresher course every three months. And because it, they, it's all about how you clean, how you prepare, how you put, how, what you touch, what you don't touch, how you put it on and everything. If you're just using one of these reusable masks and you never wash it, which most people don't, they take it off and hang it on the mirror in their car. Uh, you're ma- you're just making a problem worse. Like the thing with the thing with masking is that if you take it off and then you don't sanitize your hands, you're just going to touch your face and boom, you've just transmitted whatever was on that mask right directly to your face. And the same thing when you're putting it on. If you don't wash, you sanitize your hands properly before you put on a mask, you're just transmitting whatever was on your hands right into your, right into your airstream, into what you breathe in. The, they're like they actually they actually teach people how to put on a mask properly and here we've just said just everybody wear a mask and everybody's buying these reusable masks and you should never use a reusable mask no doctor nurse lab tech anyone that works in a hospital does not use a reusable mask as soon as that mask comes off it's in the garbage like my i i have a box of masks in my in my truck and every single time i take one off it goes in the garbage i buy and i put a new one on when i when i go into a store and that's what it should be that's what you should be doing and that's the only that is the best way to make sure that this masking works yeah like i use uh cloth masks which i i do actually wash regularly because my wife is in the medical field so she would never let me get away without it and good. I mean, that's why I love her. So, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, like you, I mean, I, 
I'm not anti-mask. I mean, I'm, I'm pro personal responsibility and we actually had a staff meeting yesterday, which is one of the reasons we weren't able to get a show yesterday. And in that staff meeting, we discussed our new company wide mask policy in the building. And I just said to the boss, like, my not so inner civil libertarian doesn't like this idea, but I love my job. So I'm, I'll just do what you guys need. And I get it. I'm not anti-mask. I get why we wear them. And I think it's a good thing that we do, but, everything you've just said needs to be broadcast all across this country. Wear the stuff properly. And 99.9% .9 of us are not. So, no. anyway, we'll move on from that. I want to go back to Mr. Skelly in Toronto because I want to point out something that I thought was really interesting. And I only learned of this today by watching a couple of different photos and videos and whatnot. In one shot I saw, I counted 15 police officers. And another one I saw, there was 24, I believe, police officers to harass one business owner into closing up shop. Now, I'm going to go back to February before the, the pandemic lockdowns, back when we were still talking about railroad blockades across Canada. There was never 15 police officers any of those blockades and it was months before any police even made a half-assed attempt to try to shut them down. Yeah. And at, at, at Adamson barbecue, it wasn't just police officers on foot. There were mounted police officers as well. Yeah. I mean, uh, talk about intimidation. Yeah, they were, there were horses or, police officers on horses wearing face shields like they were they were ready if there was any any violence yeah and i don't think that violence was even on the radar as far as mr skelly and his customers are concerned they were no. there to eat yeah no there it, this is this is unbelievable that they would use that much force to keep someone's business closed. Isn't it ridiculous? Like I, I know that there's, you know, a lot of strong opinions on the side of, Oh, you got to lock down just even just temporarily. And there's a lot of voices on the other side, open everything right up. I'm not on either one of those extremes, but I'm, I'm of the mindset. And I think you are too, that let's leave it up to the business owners and, regulate say okay you need to keep your staff your customers safe and you need to do it by enforcing policy x y and z and i don't know a single small business owner who wouldn't say okay we'll do that let's just let us make some money and i'm yep no you're exactly you know, right. i'm sure mr skelly if they if he was given the option of okay you can stay open we won't harass you if you do a b and c he would probably say Absolutely. Let's open all three of my restaurants back up. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, if all he did was have a, a mask distancing and sanitizing policy in place at each of his restaurants, I don't see why there should be any reason why he can't be. Well, exactly. Yeah. I mean, and obviously all businesses in Toronto and Peel, but it's just, uh, I don't, yeah. I guess I'm really ticked off when uh, I see that you're throwing the entire force of the law at one business owner 
who just wants to make a living, but yet protesters can shut down Canada's largest railway line with absolute impunity. And the police will just stand by and watch and say, enforcement is our last option. Remember that quote? Yeah, and uh, there, there's, and and it was given again, uh, just as recently as uh, a few days ago, when uh, an, uh, a First Nations group decided to take over an intersection in downtown Vancouver. Oh, I hadn't heard that. Oh my goodness! Yeah, and and again, the, the police are just standing by and saying, you know, uh, police action is is a last oh, resort. Oh, for crying out loud! But. But when it comes to having a poker game at your house or opening your business, uh, they'll send half a squad after you. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. Like, I, uh, my heart goes out to Mr. Skelly. I uh, certainly do wish the very best for him. I know that he was threatened to be charged with obstruction if he tried to dare to go open his business again tomorrow. So we'll... We'll see. We'll, we'll we'll stay on that story as much as we can, Canada, and see what happens with it anyway. So, all right. So, yeah. No, I, I I'm just Tony. I don't know about you, but I am getting more and more and more dis disappointed and disenfranchised with this country. Oh yes. Oh, I hear you. <laughs> It's it's disturbing the direction we've headed. Yeah, it really is. And like it, we've seen lock, lockdowns now. So we talked about Manitoba. We talked about Ontario. Alberta was kind of the last bastion on trying not to, to lock down again. But even they have now gone into, I can't say it's a full lockdown, but they put a lot more restrictions on now. And Saskatchewan has kind of followed yeah. suit with Alberta in that amateur sports are now shut down for three weeks and restaurant capacity is now down to 25%. And here in Saskatchewan, you're only allowed now to have tables of four where it was six before. So it's, I don't know that that's really going to solve the problem, but I, I'm guessing that had to have come from a, a chief medical health officer somewhere, but it's, you're just continuing yeah. to put the screws to the small business owner, as far as I'm concerned. But well, and a lot of these restrictions don't even make sense. They're contradictory with other with other policies, such as like here in BC, like they shut down uh, yoga studios and spin classes and uh, uh, like boxer size, right? But they but they continued to allow personal training. They continued to allow uh, dance classes and cheerleading oh. classes. And then uh, uh, a week later, they've now closed those. But it's like, uh, how how can one be open and not the other? And and now we're, we're I mean, do, do you remember when this was supposed to be for two weeks? I do remember that. And, and, and here it was originally supposed to be for two weeks, and here we are, ten yeah. months in. Yeah, it's absolutely it's it's ridiculous, and it's really sad that the government points the finger at us and says, "Oh, it's your fault because you're not following the the rules." And I think most of us actually are following the rules, but 
here's where I want to take another another twist in this this COVID saga. I see we're coming close on our time. Is that Justin Trudeau and this? If this doesn't hurt his popularity, I don't know what will. But while you've got the UK and the United States and India and Mexico and very and various other countries, Russia included, announcing that they will be manufacturing vaccines in their own country and are giving dates as to when they can start vaccinating their citizens. And Justin Trudeau says, I can't tell you that and we don't have the manufacturing capacity here in Canada. Yeah. No, I know. It, it's, it, it's, this is, this is so crazy. I mean, you, you and I were talking about this before, about how there's no COVID-specific facilities even. Like, we've been talking about the second wave since May. The government has been talking about the second wave since May. We have known it was coming. The whole time, we knew it was coming. And yet, it seems like it caught us off guard. Like, we, don't ha- we weren't prepared for it even though we knew it was coming like this is we've got the most inept and moronic people leading our countries and our provinces. I'm just so blown away by the stupidity and ineptitude of them all. Yeah. And you know what is really sad is that when there was discussion come along about uh, vaccine manufacturing and the lack thereof in Canada, that's Stephen Harper's fault. And then they even went back to say, oh, that was Brian Mulroney's fault because he sold off Abbott and I can't remember the name of the other company to companies in the UK who then shut them down. And then, of course, who they don't blame is the 13 years of liberal governments in between Mulroney and Stephen Harper. Those guys were okay, but oh, Harper and Mulroney, they destroyed the the vaccine manufacturing in Canada. Oh yeah. Like you're blaming a prime minister from 30 years ago. Like give me a break. Like, like you forget, we forget there was 13 years of liberal governments in between those two conservative governments. And then there's been a liberal government for the last five years. Those guys are okay. But that Harper, I tell you, just ridiculous. Yeah. No, this is it, it's sickening. It's sickening. And and the fact that the these childish like dumbasses in Ottawa just always blaming someone else. It, it's it's just like in the states where everything is Trump's fault, even if it had nothing to do with yeah. Trump. Like like it's Trump's fault. Cuomo sent all those uh covid inf- infected uh, uh seniors back to their their uh care yeah. their care homes it's not his fault that's Cuomo's fault but it's Trump's fault because Trump's that's a right. orange man and and in Canada it's it's always Harper's fault because Harper was literally exactly. Hitler. and and it's like no take some goddamn responsibility yep exactly and that's probably just as good a note as any to wrap up the show mr trudeau take some goddamn responsibility huh <sighs> sounds good good night all right Canada. Canada. tony here in saskatchewan 
Lewis and BC. Good night. and Tony.